Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, I'm on YouTube. Go to YouTube if you want to watch me and then search DeHuff Uncensored. And again, hit that subscribe button. This is the story of the American badass known as Joseph Barely. One of the craziest and most just intense stories I have ever heard. And it takes place back in World War II. Joseph Barely was a paratrooper from Michigan. He was born in 1923, graduated high school in 1942. He turned down a baseball scholarship to the University of Notre Dame. And instead, he joined the Army. And he decided to be serving in the parachute infantry. And they nicknamed him Jumpin' Joe. That kind of makes sense. Jumpin' Joe, your name's Joe. Barely served in the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment, 101st Division, also called the Screaming Eagles. He specialized in radio communications and demolition. He was stationed in Ramsbury, England, just before D-Day. So it's in 1944. Barely volunteered. Keep, keep this in mind. He volunteered to run missions behind enemy lines he did this twice. He was flown into German-occupied France, and what he would do is they would they would parachute you down with gold, and what you do is you would ideally land, find the French resistance, give them the gold, and they would use that gold to help continue the resistance and make sure that things got done that they that needed to be done. So. A lot of these volunteers that would be airdropping into this German-occupied France area, they were killed before they even hit the ground. Even though they did this at night, they had snipers everywhere, the Nazis did, and they'd be taking aim at these guys parachuting down into this area. And a lot of the guys just didn't make it. But he did. He did it twice. Then it's D-Day and Operation Overlord. Before more than 500 ships landed and Allied troops stormed the beaches of Normandy in the morning hours of June 6, 1944, there was like some 1,200 planes that flew over that land dropped thousands of paratroopers over the Germans. There's tons of casualties. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But somehow, barely survived the drop. He was, he was up in a Douglas... C-47 Skytrain that night, and it was just, the, the sky was just lit up by anti-aircraft fire, and the plane was hit, barely jumped out at an altitude of right around 400 feet, not that far up, and somehow before he hit, he landed, he was able to get his parachute open, so it did restrict his speed a little bit, so that was good, he lands on top of a church. He falls from this plane that gets shot down, pops his parachute as quick as he can, and he he survives by landing on a church. As he gets his bearings about him, he realizes there's a Nazi sniper taking aim from a steeple, taking shots at his fellow paratroopers up there. All of a sudden, the sniper sees Joseph, and he starts shooting at Joseph. Joseph dodges the shots goes fucking Neo on these guys and slides off the roof, hits the ground, 
loads up his M1 carbine and begins to open up a can of American-made whoop-ass. He runs, avoiding sniper fire from not just this guy, but there's other snipers, obviously. He gets to the town's power substation. He cuts the power to the town. And this is where he goes fucking Rambo. Then he decides to go building to building, taking out the Nazis one by one as he can, all by himself. He was a one-man wrecking crew. He killed every Nazi he came across which included an entire squad of Nazi infantry. He, he like he just helped, you know, distract him with grenades and he just fucking took him out. This guy is the beginning of an action hero. It is mind-blowing what this guy is doing. He avoids getting shot out of the air as it well he does get shot out of the air but he survives the landing. Then he gets to the ground, and he starts taking motherfuckers out. Beautiful, beautiful. As he was avoiding the Nazis, he accidentally fell into a German machine gun nest. So then he gets captured. The German soldiers capture uh, barely, and he spent the next seven months as a POW. He was moved through seven different camps. He escaped twice, but unsuccessfully. The first time he was taken to the POW camp, it immediately came under fire. So he gets dropped off, and all of a sudden, just bombs are going off. They're exploding everywhere. He takes shrapnel to the leg. Because of the chaos, he was able to go, shit, even though I'm hurt, I think I can escape. So he he tries to hobble off and escape, and he does. He makes it for 12 hours, 12 hours he escaped when he was still behind enemy lines and then they finally caught him and they, they recapture him again. So they toss him in the back of this locked truck. So there's kind of like a cage in the back of the truck and they decide to move him to a place called St. Lowe. On the way to St. Lowe, the vehicle is attacked by allied forces. They don't know that there's POWs in there. So they attack this, this convoy and... It gets blown to pieces. He's still kind of locked up in a cage, but there's like a hole that he can kind of try to get out. He's trying to get out, almost gets out. Then next thing you know, boom, they, they catch him again. So he was quickly captured. They regather uh, all their, their stuff, and they're able to transfer him to St. Lowe's. Then the Americans continue to bomb the crap out of places. So you see what's happening here is not only is he dealing with the fucking Nazis, he's dealing with the allies who don't know that he's part of this area. So he's dodging bullets from every direction. They get him to St. Lowe's, and the Americans begin to bomb the crap out of the place. They killed a lot of people, but somehow, again, Joseph survives. They interrogated him for 20-plus hours a day. He didn't give up any information. They would beat him senseless. They starved him. They interrogated him some more, moved him to different camps, made him do hard labor. He never broke. Never broke. Plus, almost every single night, the allies, the American allies, all this stuff, they would be bombing areas that he was in or near. So it's just like during the day, he's being tortured. He would actually be being tortured nonstop. 
it was a constant nightmare. I can only imagine if you're a POW with just the shit that you're dealing with. And then it was just like, not only does he have the fear of, of his captors, but he also has the fear of his allies may accidentally kill him. So there was one time that he was locked up in a boxcar with about 50 other POWs when it was bombed. And most of the men in there died. But Joseph barely survived. On the second of uh, these attempts that he was trying to escape, Barely and his fellow soldiers boarded a train that they thought was headed to Poland so they could meet up with the Red Army, hoping that they had a mutual interest with the Americans and then see if he could work out some freedom details with that. But instead, they realized, oh shit, the train is headed to Berlin, the heart of the Nazis. When he shows up there, they capture him, obviously. For 10 days, Barely was beaten and tortured by the Gestapo. That's the Nazi police. Strung him up by his arms, and they'd basically tie your arms behind your back, and then they'd string, your, string you up like that and just, just wreaking havoc on your shoulders and your, everything. They'd beat him with clubs, whips, rifle butts, anything that they could get at their hands on. They'd just beat the shit out of him. Never broke. They thought he was an American spy. And luckily, the German army actually intervened with the Nazi police, the Gestapo. And they actually took over Joseph and got him away from the Gestapo. And and I guess, is one better than the other? I don't know. Barely was placed in a POW camp called, and I'm going to, pronounce it wrong, Stalog, Stalog Luft Three, and that was in Western Poland. They put him in a four-by-five-foot pine box. He was in it for seven days, in a four-by-five pine box for seven days. He was taller than five feet. So think about that. Barely was later released from that. It was supposed to be 30 days, but somebody intervened and they were able to get him out of that. It took a while, him a while to recover physically from those seven days scrunched up into this pine box. Then Barely finally made his third attempt at escaping in January of 1945. One night, three of his fellow American POWs broke out. They broke through some wall and they were just running towards freedom, running toward, running away from the camp, essentially. Whatever they could do. But the Nazis, shit, oh fuck, these guys are escaping. So they opened fire on these guys. They killed three of, them, three of the guys that Joseph was with. They missed Joseph. Joseph somehow managed to survive that without being harmed. He continues to run. Now, as, as he's running, guess what he can hear? the sound of German shepherds being released to hunt him. But he escapes. He's running. He's running like he's never ran before. Joseph all of a sudden sees that there's a partially frozen river. So he decides, fuck it, and he jumps in. He jumps in the partially frozen river and swims for right around two miles. 
Then he abruptly gets out of the river and then just starts running through the woods. He just picks a direction and he just goes. As he's running, he's actually running east. He ends up running into some Soviets. They're the, the Russian tank battalion of the first guard tank army. So they run into he runs into them because they were headed west. They're headed where he just came from. So they run into each other. And thankfully, he knew a little bit of Russian. When I say he knows a little bit of Russian, he basically knew how to say he's an American comrade in Russian. So they were able to strike up a relationship. He had a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes and, and you know, essentially was just like, hey, I come in peace. I'm, I, I'm with what you guys are fighting for as well. So there was a, a lady named Alexandra Samunsky, Samunsko, and I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, and I apologize. She was the same age as Barely. They're 22 years old, and he's dealing with all this shit. She was the only female Russian tank commander to serve in the in the Russian army in World War II. So that's kind of a cool thing that, you know, she was. She was this strong character, this strong entity for the Russian army. So they would join forces. So essentially, Barely joined up with her and fought alongside her and her team for about 30 days. And what is crazy is they were headed to where he just came from. They were going to attack and seize Stalug Luft III, the last prison camp that Barely was held in. Pretty wild. They go in there and they just destroy the place. Take it over. He actually ends up going to the main office at the camp and he finds his file and he snags his POW photo. It's him being just like extremely defiant. It's just like, fuck you guys <laughs> type of picture. If you Google his name, you will see what I'm talking about. Then his story is not done. Then in early February, barely was wounded in an attack from the German bombers and he was transported to a hospital in Poland. There, there was a, a Soviet Marshal Grigory... Oh God, you, you guys know me. Anyway, <laughs> he's a very important person. He was interested in, in Joseph because he was the only American there. Everybody else was Russian. So he was like, ah, there's an American. Let's, let's talk to this guy. Let's get his story. So using an interpreter, he was able to get Joseph's story. So he was just sitting there telling him. And then finally, the guy's just like, let me help you get back to your troops. So he helps him do that from the hospital in Poland, barely hopped on to a convoy back to Moscow, trying to get to the American embassy. But the problem was they didn't believe he was who he said he was. Like, dude, we, we said you died a long time ago. Your family had a funeral for you. Barely's dog tags have been found in Normandy soon after D-Day. So they just assume he died. And to be honest, it's complete chaos out there. They don't have time to verify all this shit. So, yeah, it makes sense that they thought he died. So they kept sending them to different places, trying to, they're like, okay, we're going to send you to Egypt. we got to verify over there with the embassy, see if you are who you say you are. No, can't verify you are. And then finally, they finally tracked down his fingerprints. 
And they're like, okay, oh shit, you are who you say you are. So he goes through, think about this. Think about the chaos that's got to be going through his mind at the time. He just survived multiple attacks. He destroyed just this division of the Nazi army single-handedly after falling from the sky and landing on a church roof. He fucking destroys everybody. So much so that that church has a plaque dedicated to him because he freaking was a badass. So then he goes through all this chaos. He's he's getting beaten and just abused nonstop. He's a, a boy. He's surviving these bombings nonstop. And then he finally gets to a point where he's just like, I just want to go back to my team and, and be with them. And then they're fine. And then he goes to these different embassies and they're like, you're not. No, no, you're pretending to be him. You're not him. And he's just like, no, I, I fucking swear I am. They didn't have the Internet. You can't verify him. So finally, he gets to a place where they're just like, let me let's get your fingerprints. And they finally were able to verify his identity. On April 21st, 1945, barely returned home to Michigan. As he arrives home, I mean, his World War II is, is essentially wrapping up. He was finally home. He went through hell, just like so many others. But this is just an amazing story of survival and never giving up. In 1994... It was the 50th anniversary of D-Day and barely was honored at the White House by President Bill Clinton and Russian President Boris Yeltsin. He received a lot of public, you know, publicity uh, with both the Russians and the Americans. He fought for both in, in a time where we're very split with the Russians. This was a time that we stood side by side and, and he went to their side and fought alongside them. They embraced him. It's a fascinating story. Joseph Barely passed away in 2004 at the age of 81. Amazing story. And it's one of those things where it's just, you sit there and you try to, it's, it sounds like a movie. The idea that his plane was shot down in the middle of the night, he barely opens his chute, lands on a church roof. There's a sniper already trying to take out all of his friends. And then the sniper sees him, starts shooting at him. Joseph rolls off the roof, lands on the ground, loads up his, his gun, runs towards the power substation, shuts down the power to the town, and then slowly starts taking out all the Nazis in the town. That story alone, that part of the story alone, is just badass. Then you throw on the idea that he was constantly surviving, one, being beaten and tortured, and then two, just the constant attacks from the Allies. Amazing story. Amazing story. And just another reminder of the people, the men, and the women who have put their lives on the line for this great country. Tip your hat to them. 
tell them thank you for their service. And it's just fascinating. Fascinating. I was not able to serve. I know plenty of people that have and still do. And I tip my hat to them. And I say thank you to all of you have served and currently served. And I'm sorry for the losses that you have all experienced. Whether you're a family member or they were your best friend or a friend or whatever. Ah, fascinating story. If you got any cool stories you want to pass along to me so we can get to them, let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com. Hey, real quick, everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton are amazing. Uh, Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, spirits, but did you know they deliver? They do. They also do curbside pickup. That's available for you. They also have online wine education classes. Stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. You can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, that's TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I know it's kind of a little bit of a sidestep from what we normally do, but I, I feel like it was just such a cool story. A cool story of survival, of never giving up and just being in the thick of it and just going, fuck this. I am not, I am not breaking. Mind-blowing, mind-blowing. All right, thank you guys so much. Truly appreciate it. Make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends. Also, thanks to Blake Street Tavern. Go check them out at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Also, Total Beverage. Go to TotalBev.com and see what they can do for you. It's the Huff on Censored. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you next time. Let's keep moving forward.